Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Light of the East is also funded by a grant from the Koch Foundation. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, and we are moving into the Lenten period very rapidly. And when we do that, the discipline is threefold. It is prayer, fasting, and of course, in a very intense way. And those two things really are to lead to the third, charity, or in other words, almsgiving. And of course, charity Love is always the goal, the highest virtue. It's what everything moves towards. And prayer and fasting, in other words, the ascetical disciplines, which we call it the ascetical, in other words, being kind of strict about ourselves and giving up things, pulling back from things, purifying like the monks do as their whole life. Those things are aimed at bringing us to the ability to love more deeply, more broadly. And during Lent, what we do is we focus on a charity in particular. I, we can do almsgiving and charity to everybody every in every way, all kinds of things. But in our parish, what we do is we focus on a particular charity. And we're going to be focusing on one in my particular church of Annunciation this Lent, one that we have done before, and we're going to revisit them again. But I wanted to say this about charity and the Eastern Catholic churches. It just so happens that the Eastern Catholic churches are at the epicenter of some of the most critical, difficult, explosive, sad, tragic global events around the world. We're hearing a lot, of course, we have been hearing a lot about the war in Ukraine, between Russia and Ukraine. A terrible thing. We pray that it ends. It's largely a war between the Ukrainians and the Russians are largely Eastern Catholics and also Eastern Orthodox. In other words, they're people of the same kind of liturgical spiritual tradition, yet there they are fighting each other. We've raised money for them. We pray for them. The whole world is. But there are also other areas of the world where we find Eastern Catholics who are suffering greatly because of areas that are torn by war and civil strife. And this has been going on in many places, even for centuries. And one of those areas is where our Eastern Catholicism came from. In fact, where all of Christianity came from, even Judaism. It's in the area of the Middle East. 
In particular, we're looking at the areas of Iraq and Syria. And we don't want to forget those people. I know we're focusing a lot on Ukraine, that war there, and other areas of charity. But, you know, there are people who are still suffering from wars that occurred years ago like the war in Iraq, the two wars in Iraq. And our United States of America, we're involved in those things. We've been involved in the politics and the situations, the government, so on like that, over there in that part of the world for a long time, for better or for worse. I'm not going to comment on our policies, whether they were good or not good. In fact, most of the time, foreign policies are a mix. There is good things that happen, and there are bad things that happen. But the fact is, there are people who are left in the wake of that, whether they're good or bad decisions, in the wake of the strife, the civil wars, and so on. And they suffer greatly. And a lot of them are Christian. And in particular, which is of interest to this program, like the East, they are Eastern Christians, both Catholic and Orthodox. And this is one of the reasons why those people in front of our eyes, because we, we have a short memory in America. When I bring up the people of Iraq or Syria, it's almost like, oh, that's, well, that's way in the past. It's old news. We're looking at Ukraine or some other kind of thing, some other kind of issues like wokeism and racism, all this kind of thing. But we forget that there are people who are still living in the residue of the previous wars that our country was involved in, and, and the politics and the strife and so on. And they're suffering greatly. And they are Eastern Catholics. So we have a certain affinity to them, whether they're of Slavic origin or Middle Eastern origin. And so we have in our program today someone to help us to understand that, to keep that in front of our eyes, especially during this Lenten season. Her name is Juliana Tamarazzi. You may have seen or known of her because she's been on a program before over the years. Also, she's even been on Fox News. She's very, very committed to helping the people of her land, people I'm referring to now in the Middle East who are suffering from past wars and things that still aren't over yet. And she is the founder of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. So welcome, Juliana, once again, our old friend to Light of the East, even though you're not old, you're an old friend because you've been around on our program for a number of years, but you're a young lady still. So welcome to Light of the East, Juliana. Thank you, Father Tom. It's such an honor to be with you again. So tell us, what. first of all, bring us up to date. What, what's happening? You, you are still connected with those people who have basically been forgotten by our country because it's not in the news. If it's not in the news, we don't really think about them too much. You know, It's whatever is hot in the news, that's what we focus on. So tell us about their situation. Uh, Father Tom, this year uh, in March, beginning in March, marks 20 years of the U.S. invasion of Iraq. And that is when majority of our, um, really, uh, the genocide and the persecution and the displacement living in exile began. Uh, we were one and a half million back in 2003, Iraqi Christians who are the Chaldeans, Syriacs, and of course, Assyrians. Assyrians are indigenous to the land of Iraq. Today, believe it or not, Father, last time we spoke, we had about 250,000 or so. Uh, which was just a couple of years ago. Today, we only have 80,000 Christians left in Iraq. Iraq. 80,000 Christians in Iraq? From one and a half million. In the last 20 years, we've been pretty much decimated. And the ones that are left uh, are suffering oppression in the hands of the Kurds, the Arabs. And we have about 22,000 who are living as refugees in Lebanon, Turkey, Jordan. So a lot of people ask what happened to these million and a half people. Uh, probably over a thousand were killed, uh, in the hands of ISIS alone. And actually, I'm sorry, since 2003, about a thousand were killed. Quite a few hundred Christian women were sold in sex slavery. Oh. About 40 of them are still missing. 
Mm. Some of them have been recovered, but the economic loss, the loss of dignity is immense. It's monumental. Uh, I've lived, I've been doing this for the last 16 years in an organized fashion through Iraqi Christian Relief Council. And Father, um, I'm someone who generally is optimistic, and of course we hope in the Lord, but really every time I go to the Middle East, every time I meet these refugees, I just feel we take one step forward and 10 steps back. Hmm. Like you mentioned earlier, the world has forgotten about these people. Um, the 22,000 people that are living in these three countries, Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan, they're living in subhuman conditions. They are not in camps. They're in ghettos because camps mainly belong to almost all of Muslims who are displaced from Iraq and Syria, especially live in camps where United Nations assist them. But our people are afraid of going back, going to these camps, because they will be harassed again by Muslims. So they're living in really terrible, terrible neighborhoods. Um, I, I often go to Jordan to visit with them and bring aid to them. I was there in uh, September of last year, uh, in, in July, actually, uh, to be exact. And they said, uh, the family said, you know, every time my young, beautiful daughters leave the house, we don't know if they're going to come back. This hmm. is in Amman, Jordan. Because the neighborhood is extremely poor, extremely Islamic fundamental. They are spat at, they throw stones at them, so it's just a terrible condition. And they've applied to go to, this particular family has applied to go to Australia, but they haven't heard anything for seven years. Now, what about northern Syria? You know, when they had the civil war there, which was just horrible, and of course we forgot all about that, but it was horrible— Made all these refugees in northern Syria. Are any of these people you were talking about in Syria as well? So Syria is very complicated. At least in Iraq, we knew where the lines were drawn. We knew where ISIS was and uh, ISIS-backed groups. And But in Syria, at every corner, there are warlords, right? Mm. And what happens is um, the, the Kurds, the PKK, which is the uh, People's uh, Labor Party, I believe, uh, they are very active there under the name YPG. And they are against the Assyrians in northeast Syria because uh, Assyrians, see, ancient Assyria was northern Iraq, northeast Syria, southern Turkey, northwestern Iran, if you can imagine that on the map. Hmm. So northeast Syria was always Assyrian land. But um, the Kurds came, they invaded southern Turkey, they invaded northern Iraq, and they've invaded uh, northeast Syria in the 1920s. So they've been pushing Assyrians out of their homeland, and ISIS came and really put the nail in the coffin. In 2015, ISIS attacked this uh, river called Habor with 35 Assyrian villages. And there are maybe, there are maybe 50 families left in that area that have gone back to try to rebuild. So there are probably approximately of different denominations, there are maybe about 500,000 to 600,000 Christians in Syria left throughout the whole country. But uh, so the people that we serve in as refugees, they're both from Syria and from Iraq. We're talking with Juliana Tamarazi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Juliana, what is the, these people that have left, all these people that have left there, these Christians, are they maintaining their faith somehow somewhere else? So a lot of them have been resettled in Australia, Canada, Sweden, and the United States. So they are maintaining their faith absolutely in the West. But what is missing, what is on the verge of extinction is our heritage. Hmm. 
mm. our Aramaic language, our traditions, our our cuisine, and et cetera. So, yes, we do continue live. Thanks be to God, so far, right, that mm-hmm. we're able to still continue living as Christians in the West, but uh, we're losing our ethnicity. I'll give you an example. My uh, my great aunt moved from Russia to the United States. And uh, why was she in Russia as an Iranian Assyrian? She fled the Turkish and the Kurdish genocide of the Armenian Assyrians and Greeks. So they lived uh, in Russia for some time, and then they, she came to the States. She gave birth to a son who is my uh, cousin. His kids don't speak Assyrian, not one word. So we melt in the fiber of the West. We're grateful that the United States and other countries give us harbor and shelter. Um, I, I'm a patriot. I'm an American patriot. But we, unfortunately, at the same time, we lose our ethnicity. Amazing. Well, we're going to talk more and be brought up to date about some people who should never be forgotten. Our Eastern Christians in the Middle East, especially Iraq. Our guest is Juliana Tamarazzi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Every day, Father Loya posts a brief two-minute Facebook video on the Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish homepage. You'll be amazed at what you can learn just by watching. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's byzantinecatholic.com. And then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. I'm Father Anthony Bush, pastor of St. Stanislaus Kostka, the Sanctuary of the Divine Mercy in Chicago. And you are listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Long, your host, our very special guest and good friend, a young old friend here in Light of the East is Juliana Tamarazzi, the founder of the wonderful charitable organization called Iraqi Christian Relief. And she takes care of people who have been forgotten but should not be forgotten. They certainly are not forgotten on this program because we focus on people of the Eastern churches. And the the Eastern Catholic churches, they find themselves, how many of the people that make up Eastern Catholic churches, whether Syrian or Slavic and so on, find themselves in these terrible situations globally that just suffering from strife, from even still the residue, the fallout of past wars, wars now, Ukraine and so on. I don't know what it is, but it seems like Eastern Christians suffer a lot. But our guest today is giving them help in as much as she can. So, Juliana, tell us about your organization, what they do, how they help Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Uh, Father Tom, I must thank you because you gave us our start 15 years ago. Without you, I don't know how we would have begun this journey. We have served Iraq for the last 15 years with food, shelter, medicine. That is our uh, mission, to raise awareness, ask for prayers, and ask for funding for food, shelter, medicine, and clean water. And uh, in 2009, we began to serve the refugees because there were hundreds of thousands of refugees who had fled Al-Qaeda 
in 2003 and 4 from Iraq in Turkey, Lebanon, and Jordan. And we made it more aggressive. Our efforts are more aggressive now through a program called I Adopt a Refugee. Father Tom, we're not endowed. We heavily, heavily rely on small dollar donations, church donations, foundations from across the country and really across the globe. There are two main programs, I Adopt a Refugee, that serves the refugees who are in these three countries, as I mentioned before. The other program is specific to Iraq called Operation Return to Nineveh. But my purpose today for being here is to implore and plead with you and your listeners to help me raise some funds for these refugees. I'm going to meet with them in Turkey and Jordan beginning on the 18th of February. And I send money to my trusted partners, the Catholics on the ground in Turkey, the other Christians in Jordan, and we provide them with assistance to pay their rent, to buy food, and we give them vouchers. And they use these vouchers to pay for food, and we pay rent for them. Uh, medication as well, life-sustaining medication, such as diabetes medication and other types. In this particular case that I'm on the radio with you about, there are three children. I want to tell you quickly their story. Their names are uh, Maram, uh, Majid, and Karam. Karam. These three children are Syriac Catholic children. Uh, their parents and their siblings all fled Nineveh Plain, which was attacked by ISIS in 2014. These three kids that are youngest of the family contracted this particular disease through severe, very high fever in the city of Erbil while they lived in camps, because there were camps in Iraq. There aren't any camps for Christians in Lebanon, Turkey, and Jordan. So as they lived in this camp in Erbil, they got really sick. So they migrated to Amman, and they've lived in Amman for seven years. These kids are losing their eyesight. Hmm. We, ICRC, has provided multiple donations for them to be operated on. Each uh, operation is $2,000, and they've had multiple ones. They need certain glasses, specialized glasses. They need medication for their eyes. These are young kids. They're 12, 10, and 8 years old. Beautiful children. And my purpose for being here today is to ask for assistance for these three children because they need updated glasses, they need more surgery, and they need eye treatment. Uh, ICRC has paid several times for their eye surgery, and each child usually takes about $2,000 to assist them with their surgery. And I will be meeting them on specifically on the 21st of February. And I would love if uh, you and your listeners, Father, would really be generous and make some financial sacrifices in order for us to be able to bring some relief to these poor children. They're beautiful, they're innocent, and they are, as they're waiting to be resettled to the West, to Australia, I would like to bring some relief to their parents. Father, they, not just this family, but all these 22,000 people, they're the parents of these of these families are living, are trying to live dignified lives. You know, these people were doctors and they had shops, they were lawyers. This particular family that I'm talking about, uh, Maram, Karam, and Maj- uh, Majid's um, family, the father was a teacher. 
in Iraq, and he's been really wanting to work, but unfortunately, refugees are not allowed to work in these three countries. So they just uh, they just have a very, very hard time. So I'm hoping that you can go to our website. Our website is IraqiChristianRelief.org, IraqiChristianRelief.org. Under the donate page, you will be able to see uh, I Adopt a Refugee Program specifically. And you can donate there to be able to bring some assistance specifically to these three children. Well, to target three children doesn't seem like it's an overwhelming sacrifice on our part here in the United States. So I'd like to have people take this to heart. Again, this is the season, the Lenten season. Fasting, prayer, leading to charity, almsgiving, especially to forgotten children who are fellow Christians, Eastern Catholics. You know, the... Problem is with our American perception of things, Juliana, is that, I mean, praise God, it hasn't happened except for like 9 11 or back when they bombed Pearl Harbor. But, you know, Juliana, to Americans, war and its effects is something that happens on somebody else's property, you know, on somebody else's land, you know? We just sort of, okay, yes, our soldiers were over there during the Iraqi wars and so on for a short time. We don't see that. We don't experience that on our shores, you know? And that's why it's so easy to forget people, because if it's not in the media, then it's out of sight, out of mind. And these are people who are still suffering in their in their homelands. And these children, can I ask you this? These children, do a lot of these refugees, have they are their families still basically intact or have you know, like the father's been killed or are they are they a lot of are there a lot of orphans? Oh, Father, you just oh, you just touched my wound. Really, um, there are a lot of uh, single mothers whose uh, husbands have been either killed or husbands have been so tired of living in such terrible conditions as refugees. They've given up on their families and they have left. So there's there are countless of single mothers with their children that are just in just in dire need in these countries, in these Islamic countries that don't value uh, the woman to begin with. And then, in addition, Christian women with young kids, um, most of, some of them are teenagers. Uh, There is this particular woman in uh, Turkey that I'm going to visit. She has three children, and the youngest child, uh, their father left them, went to Sweden. And their, their youngest child, I look at her picture, she has a perpetual smile on her face, while her oldest daughter, who understands more, is just always gloomy, always sad. And we, thanks be to God, we adopted that ch- uh, that family, mm. and a generous American donated fourteen hundred dollars, and that's how much it costs to cover uh, the entire everything, everything for them for the whole year for the really? for families. So yes especially in Turkey. In Lebanon, it's much more expensive, but Turkey is less expensive. Mm-hmm. On average, a family can really, with very basic, not nutritious food, but at least some fruit, um, they're able to get by probably by $150 to $200 if they don't need medication. Uh, rent and food would cover approximately about $200 a month, approximately. But with $1,400, we're able to assist uh, a lot of we are able to meet their rent uh, and food or just for rent to so give 
in order for us to give them uh, some relief. Well, that's certainly encourage any listeners right now because certainly people of my parish who are once again readopting your charity for our Lenten charity. That this doesn't sound like it seems like a little bit goes a long way. You know, this is absolutely. We're not asking absolutely. anybody for a, a terrible sacrifice here, you know, and yet it, it seems to me uh, some little bit of generosity seems to be so fruitful for what you're telling me. Yes, Father. In in uh, in Lebanon, when I went to Lebanon in 2020, right after the blast, there is a woman who whose husband um, was beheaded by ISIS, mm. and she has one daughter, and she has her uh, mother with her as well. These three in Beirut. Uh, because Beirut is extremely expensive, extremely corrupt, and their economy has crashed. And we were able to also adopt her, but the child suffers tremendously from trauma. So that's something that we try to encourage through the church and through some uh, professional assistance that we, uh, from time to time, if we have the funding, we give money to therapists to go and take care of these children's mental well-being in addition to their spiritual well-being by their priests. But this woman, uh, just very briefly, this child, every every night in the Middle East, 5 p.m. is usually the time for cartoons. And when the father was beheaded, uh, the child for weeks sat in front of a turned-off television mm. and would not allow anyone to move her. She would say, this is where my father and I, she was six years old at the time, uh, from Syria. She would say, "I would, uh, my father sat here with me you have no right to move me and just seeing her not one ounce of smile on this child's face we sat with them for an hour in their house but never she never came close she sat facing the wall and never smiled not for one moment so the things that i see father they're just absolutely heartbreaking well once again and i wish it, I it, could bring that over to here to the United States so people would see. Sorry, Father, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, we're time. Uh, we, once again, it's IraqiChristianReliefCouncil.org. It's IraqiChristianRelief.org, IraqiChristianRelief.org. You can donate under the I Adopt a Refugee program. Thank you so much for telling, once again, your very heart-wrenching story. Thanks. God bless you for your great work. We'll have you on again. Juliana Tamarazzi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, and I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. News from around the world as it happens. Religious liberty, immigration, prayer, plus daily reports from the White House, Capitol Hill, and Rome. Get the Catholic News perspective on the things that impact your life on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L. 
Dash-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years. Oh.